You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Anne View. Anne, thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me. Anne, we're talking about your show, Mirror Proxies, at, um, at the whole gallery, and I uh, I, I saw the show. There's a number of elements to it that were really wonderful. Um, so, so to begin, we're we're talking about surfaces that are that are really unusual, and and I suppose the title says so much. Mirror proxies. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that title before we jump into this and um, and begin walking through all the works? Mirror proxies. Um, these are. It's about surface, right? We're talking about different types of surfaces? Yeah, so um, yeah, the exhibition is called Mirror Proxies and I was thinking a lot about like looping and like uh, like encoding and stuff and um, I was thinking about like using the surface of the floor as like an experiential kind of device in the space and um, it also references how I create the paintings, which is scanning holographic paper and kind of creating this topography and then composing abstract paintings from that, that kind of language that I, and source material that I make. So the floor, um, yeah, that, that, that's part of what was kind of remarkable for me or drew me into the exhibition is, right, the whole floor is covered with, um, as as you say, kind of holographic paper, right? The, the floor isn't isn't exactly a mirror, but it has all these colors that that shimmer off it. I mean, and and, um, and there's also a back room we can talk about. But you said that's that's also about how the paintings are are made. So this idea of of holographic surfaces is is that what the floor is? Is that what you consider a holographic surface? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's like a holographic vinyl or like light refractive is another way to put it <laughs> that's more like cold. But um, yeah, so it like refracts light and like even applying it to the floor, there was kind of like a topography of like highs and lows of like little um, kind of just like little wrinkles that were created and uh, I really enjoy like experimenting with this material that is from my childhood, you know, like the back of a CD or like Valentine's Day cards that have this kind of like chintzy material on it that can be like transformed into this like serious like conversation. It's really um, interesting to me to like take this low kind of material and transform it into this larger uh, language. Yeah. <laughs> well, and when you transform it into that larger language, I mean, that's what's so interesting that I didn't pick up immediately upon seeing the show. But the mm -hmm. paintings themselves, these are, these are paintings on canvas, right? They're, um, you're, you're, you're taking that, as, as you call it, a chintzy surface and, and painting something that's actually enormously complex, right? It's not easy, I would imagine, to paint that kind of surface. It almost seems impossible to paint. It's, it's a kind of um, 
I don't want to say illusion, but, but something like that, right? The, the surface of what you were talking about, greeting cards, are this, are this surface that's almost impossible to photograph. Well, it is, right, in terms of the mm-hmm. experience. And I would think painting would be similar. You're, you're approaching it in a way that, that has to be kind of fractured or broken up because we, we can't really get that same, um, that same effect that, that almost the floor gets because it's, it's now translated into, into paint and, a, and something different, right? Something that looks, again, much more complex and puzzle-like. For sure. I like the idea of, like, the virtual, a virtual image, the definition of it, like having no reference in the real world. And when I scan this holographic paper to make the compositions, it's kind of capturing something that doesn't exist. So like light refraction and like moving my hands over the scanner bed with, with the material, it's like the image I create, it's something that never existed and is this flat picture plane that I enjoy like blowing up the scale and putting it on canvas and layering like tons of acrylic paint and gestures, digital gestures, and then also like hand taped out painted gestures into. And I guess, yeah, the like why I make work is like what you said, um, like creating something that I haven't seen before or like that that kind of like blowing up a scale and gesture and this impossible space or like digital physics that I haven't seen before in painting is something that drives me in the studio. Yeah, that's exciting because, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an abstract painting, of course, or that's how it appears to me. And, um, and yeah, as you're saying, these kind of almost impossible um, impossible shapes or things that, right, you've never seen before in that way. And in, in the gallery, there's also a, a back room. You walk through a kind of series of plastic, a plastic curtain, and you, you enter it into the same world, but in a, a very different way, right? You're entering into um, a projection that, as I remember, takes up one or, or even more than one wall, um, that's something completely different, right? I mean, it's, it relates to the whole show and has the same feeling, but it's, it's, it's neither a painting or the floor, right? This is, this is something else altogether. Yeah, the video, um, it's hard for me to even call it a video. It's like an animated painting to me, but using the source material of the scans, and then I like taught myself to use some animation software years ago and I would bring paintings into the animation software and to kind of, to as kind of like a drawing process for me um, to kind of to test the limits of the abstraction and to see how it could exist in digital space. But then I made this video in mirror proxies um, or animation or digital painting. Uh, directly from the source material, so the like holographic vinyl, and then layered all this movement and like um, different kind of effects on it and 
I've always felt that the video activates the paintings in a way, and the paintings give a larger context for the animation or video. And I, I like the quietness of walking through that plastic kind of door and then existing just kind of experientially in this quiet space with the video and then coming back into the painting space. I feel like they both activate each other in an interesting way. Yeah, that's true. That they definitely have a relationship. That's how I, I, I read it. That these were different layers. I mean, it's it's also almost a kind of, if I can use this word, sort of psychedelic experience, right? This is a little bit, um, mm-hmm. in 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 terms of um, just kind of cognitive experiences. It's it's great talking to you about this because I'm understanding a little bit more of of the process and why. Um, and initially, it's kind of disorienting, right? It's like, what am I looking at? The paintings are beautiful, and, and, and just looking at a painting in a, on its own is beautiful. This this whole process, however, is um, is complex, and um, as, as you're explaining it, or even just getting into it, and it's almost a little hard to wrap my head around. I mean, I, it's, it's tempting to say, could you go through that part again or something, because these layers are are something that you're only privy to, and for the viewer, it's... Um, uh, is disorienting a word that, that that you would use or is okay? It just it just strikes me that it's it's it, it wasn't that I felt disoriented in there, but it's <laughs> but there isn't clearly like like a ground or 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 a sky or or a, a space that I can reach into and understand. The space is um, is completely abstract. I mean, with with the exception maybe of the projection, in there I felt a little more grounded. But we're entering into a a world, a realm of yours in terms of these paintings that seem um, that that part of the viewer's experience is is grasping a kind of new experience, a new way of viewing that that we haven't seen before. They're not just images we haven't seen before. It's also um, a kind of way of looking that we haven't seen before. Does that make sense, or am, am I going oh, off yeah. on a tangent? Uh, I, I like, really identified with how you articulated that. And for me, I was really surprised when I entered the gallery after all the works were hung and everything was together. Like I got sick to my stomach, <laughs> which I didn't feel that in my studio looking at the paintings, but seeing everything together, I guess, yeah, the feeling of not being grounded and disorientation. But for me, what I'm responding to a lot of, or using as like a framing device in my work is the architecture and the uh, geometry of the space kind of is grounding for me. So after spending a little bit of time physically like finding the walls, I guess the paintings are more digestible in the space but I, I was surprised that my own work made me feel <laughs> disoriented and a little sick to my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is be- because of the subject matter and because of the layering, right? I mean, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm glad you said that because that's what I was getting at. The, um, I, I spent quite a bit of time in there looking at, at all the different paintings and, um, and trying to kind of get involved in these layers and this space. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it has... Uh, there's an optical effect, right? There's something that's happening optically, but also something that that you're getting at here, which is 
almost visceral. It's, there's, a, there's a physical effect it has because we're not used to looking at almost like, which, which I guess part of the show references, virtual space, right? It's kind of where are we? Exactly, yeah. The digital physics, how does a physical body exist within digital physics? that are a digital like digital rules that don't quite make sense and are just an accumulation of like the history of software and for whatever reason it exists how it exists and I guess like there's a parallel to our reality with that but like our bodies don't quite know how to adjust and like on the phone it's at a small scale even on a computer screen or a projection is still contained, but trying to like compress everything, all those experiences, and also like zoom back out and be in your body. And then I guess I kind of think about that often, just zooming in and zooming out and experiencing different kind of physics with your body. Um, and what you were saying earlier about like perception, I think a lot about like peripheral perception and like the little little things that you like accumulate over the day that you like might glance out like out of the corner of your eye and just these little like slight perceptions that can actually add up to something interesting and this ephemeral kind of transitory space of peripheral moments and then bringing that to the forefront I think is disorienting like it just has to be <laughs> but um i try peripheral to like moments yeah, this, yeah i'm sorry go yeah. on yeah i want to talk more about no, peripheral no, no, moments sorry. but you but you, so per- peripheral moments i mean because i didn't mm-hmm. you know that's so interesting right when you bring peripheral moments into view that itself is is disorienting is that mm-hmm. partly what's happening here There's, these are also it's kind of about altering peripheral perception in a, in, in a way that we yeah. yeah shifting shifting the focus from like something graphic and understandable to those peripheral moments that are kind of like lost cognitively <laughs> but are somehow transformative or interesting and then making that the focus and then um and then I'll be I'll be in my studio and be like, wow, this is so weird. Like, how do I make this pleasurable for me? And like, painting different shapes into into that space to kind of create some logic into. It's not chaos like at all in my work, but there is something a little bit like, at times, like too much information to consume at once. So whether I take pieces out or create shapes that kind of like blend or harmonize some parts there like a logic emerges for each painting hopefully that's the goal sometimes it doesn't well well these are kind of distortions right i mean i think i, I think it was written mm-hmm. about the show these are also distortions of time in some way um and in this particular series because we're we're also besides the space that we're talking about and and perception there's something happening with time here too right especially since this is mm-hmm. an installation these aren't this isn't only paintings on the wall this is 
an installation with a with a floor taken over and the you know in the, in the back room it's an immersive video um, there's something that seems almost almost cinematic right this is about there's some kind of collapsing or expanding of time here is does that make sense is that correct oh for sure yeah um, uh, I just our perception I think is totally dominated by media our perception of time that is so I feel like every generation has a different sense of time that um, like images exist within and I think about my paintings kind of as video stills sometimes and I and I look at them and I can kind of see them moving or how they could exist as a moving image um, but there's yeah right. there's a whole history there that's uh, fascinating to me around time and time and space. It sounds so general when you say it, but like when I'm looking at my work, it seems specific. <laughs> but yeah, the, but the shifting history of but the, but the history you're talking about. I mean, I would love to go into that a little bit more, but the but the history you're talking about and the history you're referencing is um, is about how a culture perceives time over over generations and with different media. Yes, absolutely, and like, like I guess like the trajectory is speeding it up. <laughs> so, I I think about like how like modernist painting was experienced and consumed, and like I love those paintings, like Helen Frankenthaler and Joan Mitchell, and just like the slowness of them. And to me, it's slow, but maybe at the time it was fast, you know. So. I was thinking, like, in my painting, like, how gestures are felt when experienced in a painting and and how space is felt. And, like, I'm thinking about, like, not really consciously when I'm working. It's just intuitive. But when I step back, I'm like, oh, yeah, this makes sense in our culture, like, how how we move through space and consume media and images. But the gestures need to be, like, a little faster and layered and but also not too much information that it becomes nothingness so right right yeah. that's that's well that's said um and it's great talking to you about this you know congratulations on this show i i want to ask you one more question a little off topic before we go which is what are you reading at the moment i'm always curious um i was just touching back into a book called The Optical Unconscious by Rosalind Krauss, and then another one, Architecture from the Outside, some essays by uh, Elizabeth Gross. And thanks so much for talking with me today. I really appreciate your work and time, and again, congratulations on the show. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.